Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Welcome to the wonderful world of Federal Contracting Made Easy. It is our goal to take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that anyone can follow. This is episode number 88, and today we're going to discuss about how to write your invitation to bid proposal. Last week, we discussed pricing your proposal. This week, we're going to talk about writing the proposal. But before we get started, let's roll that intro. Welcome back. To recap, so far we have reviewed the bid, reviewed the specifications, gotten pricing history, and priced out the items or services that the government is requesting. Now we get to roll everything into one place and write that bid. So writing an imitation to bid proposal. Most small businesses will end up writing an invitation to bid. That's the most popular for many small businesses. Now, remember, we discussed in earlier episodes that when the government writes the solicitation, you will end up sending back that solicitation with your final pricing information and other information, and that will combine together to form the final contract. This sounds simple, but it's really not. Even though you basically do is fill out some blanks on the forms that the government has provided, you have to be very careful. Remember that the government is going to review that package as if they've never seen that solicitation before. They're going to pretend that they didn't even write it. So you need to be prepared and doing so. You need to be sure that you've got all your ducks in a row. So let's look at some of the forms that the government is going to have you fill out. And we're going to start with the DD form 1707. So if you turn your attention to the screen, you can see the DD form 1707, which is basically information to offerers or quoters. And it's basically a cover sheet that is included with the solicitation package. The information contained on the document is mainly for informational purposes. The purpose is to gain information on why a company decided not to bid on that particular solicitation. This information is used by the Department of Defense, hence it's called a DD form. The government will include this form on large dollar contracts valued above 100000 Now let's go through this in a little bit more detail. We're going to start off by looking at block one, which is this block right here. It contains a solicitation number. If you remember from our earlier episodes, we talked about how to break a solicitation number down. For example, F88201-19-R-A017 is a solicitation number. We know that because of the information there. We're going to break this down for you. So remember the fa 82 01 is going to provide you with the actual location of the buying activity. The 19 indicates the fiscal year. 
2019. The R, so the R represents a request for proposal. If that alpha character was a B, then it's an invitation to bid solicitation. If it's a Q, it's a request for quote. And if it's a C, it's a contract. And if it's a P, it's a purchase order. So that's very simple. The rest of the number after your this alpha character is basically a sequenced number used by the government to keep track internally. So here you can say invitation to bid. You'll see you're going to check one. Which one is it? Depends on the solicitation that you're actually tracking. So block three gives you the date and time the response is due. The buying office is going to supply this information to you and tell you when that offer that you're going to write, it needs to be in to them by. Now, don't wait till the last minute and send this in. Make sure you get there with plenty of time because if you're even one minute late, you're going to be not considered for that solicitation because the government's going to consider you non-responsive. You didn't meet the time frame that they gave on their solicitation. So block four, we're going to come down to block four, is the issuing office. That is the office that is issuing the solicitation. Item five is a brief description of what the government is wanting to purchase. Block six is going to say whether there's any restrictions or set-asides that apply to this particular solicitation. The solicitation will be either marked unrestricted, in which case everybody, large and small businesses, both can bid on it, or it's going to be restricted, and they're going to, they're going to put the restriction in there. You can see on this particular one, it gives them an option. They can do 100% set-aside for small business, and they can give you the, the SITS code is basically going to be your standard industrial code. This is an older form. It's now been replaced with a NATES code. So it's going to put that six-digit code over into the right-hand side. But they could do they could do 50% small business, 50% large business. They could do 50% small business and 50% home zone. They can split it up any way they want to. And that's what you need to be aware of. The types of solicitation, again, are hub zone. They could be 8A, they could be a women-owned small business, or they can be a service-disabled veteran-owned small business. And when those will be marked in the blocks. Now, Block 7 contains additional information. They will place, the government will place information needed to bid on the contract, like where to send the bid, when the bid is due to the government, any contact information or website to visit. So any other pertinent information that's not already been displayed will be placed in block seven. Block eight gives you the point of contact for this solicitation. If you have any questions at all, it's going to provide you with that point of contact person's information. So you'll see A, this gives you the last name, first name, middle initial. It's gonna give you a telephone number. Let me bring this up. So it's gonna give you their last name, first name. It's going to give you a telephone number. It's going to give you an email address, and it's also going to have their physical address. Now, on block 10, mailing list information. This block will indicate whether you want to be left on the future mailing list for the item. You either respond yes or no. We do or we do not describe to retain on the mailing list. Block 11 is going to be where you're, you are going to place your firm's name. 
and the address will be in, in box 11B. So you're going to put your company name, you're going to print your name, you're going to put the title, your signature, and your date. You are signing this, signing this form. So you're going to put all that information in here. We go to the black back side of this form, and we see that it is a mailer, so they can fold and mail this. Just put your address on it, stamp it, and drop it in the mail. That's all you need to do with this form. And that is DOD form, or DD form 1707. And you can see it's quite old. It's back from February of 1999. Now let's look at the standard form 33. This form is called a solicitation, offer, and reward. The government's gonna use this form to solicit offers and award contracts. It is referred to as a bilateral or two-signature document. You will sign block 17. Let's scroll down to block 17 so you can see. You're going to sign block 17, and you're going to put the date in. Meanwhile, the government, so you sign in block 17, and the government is going to sign in block 27. So you sign here. The government signs over here. This causes the document to become a binding contract because it has a bilateral or two signatures required. We went over this form um, about two videos ago. However, we will go through the form again as a refresher. So the top portion, blocks 1 through 11 of this form, so here you can see block 1 through 11, is the solicitation area and is filled out by the government. These blocks will contain information strictly about the solicitation, starting with block 12 through block 18. So we're going to come down here to block 12. This is where you are going to enter the information. You're going to place in block 12, you're going to tell them how long your bid is good for. Now, you don't want to have it good for like 180 days, especially if you're selling like computer parts, because obviously the price of metal increases the price, the price it costs you to get that product is going to increase. So here, the default is 60 days. And you, if you don't put any number in there, the government's going to use 60 days. If you have a different number, say you're going to use 90 days, then you would put 90 calendar days in that block. Otherwise, just leave it blank and go with the default 60. If you're going to offer a discount for prompt payment, you're going to place that how many calendar days, and then you're going to tell them, so for 10, for 10 calendar days, what is the discount? For 20 calendar days, what is the discount? For 30 calendar days, and etc. So if you are awarded a contract based off of this after you filled this out, then the government's going to send it back and that is your indication that you that is your indication that you that you won the contract. So tip, check the page numbers. Generally page 1 of a certain number. So it could be 1 of 10. If there's a page missing, then you need to contact the buying office promptly and get the missing pages. Now, don't expect them just to send you those pages. You need to contact them and tell them, I need pages blank and blank in order to have a complete bid package. You cannot submit an accurate bid if there's missing information. That's why you need to do this. This has 
occurred to many businesses in the past, and we don't want that to happen. That's why we're going through this line by line. Okay, so let's go back up to the top. So block one is the rating. A rated order contract is one that has specific classification of how hot the item is needed. So basically, it's needed yesterday. Although these days, you won't see that activation of a rating procedures, if the need arises, it allows the government to have that opportunity. About the only time you will see a rated bid is during the time of a national emergency or war. Then you will see that. Next, you're going to see pages of page. Make sure that you have every page. So if it says 1 to 100, make sure you have page 1 through page 100. If you're missing any, you need to, again, contact the POC on this form. The contract number. The contract number will not be filled in until the government awards the contract. Remember, the numbering system is going to be in block three is going to be the solicitation number. It's going to be this almost the same. So it'll be like FA A201-19. Now the difference is it could be a C placed in there for a contract and the rest of the sequence number that will be placed. Now the type of solicitation. Is it a negotiated RFP or is it a imitation to bid? We're discussing imitation for bid, so we're going to mark, mark the first block. That should be marked for you. Date issued. This is the date that the government released this solicitation to the public. That will be that date. Requisition purchase order number. This number is used by the agency eternally to track the service or product that is being purchased. This number is assigned to the requirement. There can be multiple items assigned against one single purchase. So this may be going to multiple different um, locations within whoever that buying agency is doing it. Block 7, issued by. This is going to identify the government agency that is purchasing the product or service. Make special note of any information here. Remember that you might be dealing with a buying agency that could be located across the country from where the end user is. You could spend a ton of time talking to the end user and still lose the whole deal because you didn't check out who the actual procuring agency is. I will tell you that I have seen GSA be the buying agency for a DOD contract. It sometimes happens. You need to pay attention. Eight, addressed offer to. This block will have the address where your proposal needs to go. Block nine is going to contain some in additional information. This block is going to tell you where the buying office wants additional copies of the offer for evaluation purposes and where to bring the offer if you decide to hand carry it to the buying activity. Also, the date and time when it's due is going to be inside this block. So you can here see here it says hour and hour. So you're going to place that in there. Remember, it's going to be military hours generally. So here we want you to work smarter. Make sure that your proposal arrives before that due date and time. If you are one minute late, the government can throw out your proposal because they're going to say you're non-responsive. You didn't get it in time. So you never know when there's going to be an accident on the road or something's going to delay you, like the government playing war games and practicing war games, 
and you're trying to get on base to get your solicitation due. They don't talk to one another usually within the agency, so you want to make sure that you get there early. Leave yourself plenty of time. Now we're going to go down to block 10. Let me scroll up a little bit. On block 10, it's going to have the name of the person that you can reach out to for this specific bid. It's going to include their telephone number and their email address. So if you're missing a page, you're going to contact that POC on there. If you have a question regarding the, the bid, then you're going to do that also. Block 11 is going to be the table of contents. This should be the same as a table of contents page, but it does not contain any appendixes generally. It's up to the buying office on whether they will include the appendices or not. And make sure that the two table of contents match if they don't reach out to that POC. This section should also give you the page counts for each section. If it says there are 25 pages in section C, description, specs, and work statement, and you only have 10 pages, you need to call the buyer and find out why you're missing those pages and have them send them to you. Don't assume that the buyer is going to automatically send you those missing pages. You need to request them. Block 12 is the acceptance period. This block will give you an opportunity to mark how long your proposal is good for. If you fail to put a number in this block, the default is 60 days. Let's scroll up a little bit. We're going to go to block 13, discounts for prompt payment. This block is where you're going to put the size of the discount, if any, that you will give the government if they pay you promptly. Remember, the Prompt Payment Act requires the government to pay small businesses within 30 days of the business completes its end of the contract. Find out if your competitors are offering a discount. If they are, then you should also. If they aren't, then don't leave money on the table. Don't put a discount in there just thinking that it's going to help you. Also, remember one thing about the Prompt Payment Act. The clock on the 30 days starts when the invoice is received and the government deems it correct. If your invoice is not correct and they kick it back, the clock hasn't even started yet until they accept it and deem it complete. So block 14 is going to contain any amendments. And here you're going to list all the amendments that you have. Amendment number and the date. Amendment number and the date. You don't want to miss any. If you don't acknowledge every single amendment that's sent out, the buyer can throw out your bid as non-responsive. So you want to make sure that you list all of them. Block 15, name and address of offerer. You're going to fill this out with your name and address for your company name and check the little box mark code for your cage code. You're going to put your cage code in there. If you have a facility code, you're going to enter that. You're going to put the Area code, phone number, and any extensions in there. Now, it's important that we get down to the actual signature. Okay, so block 16, you're going to place the name and title of the person that's authorized to sign the offer. And block 17 is where you're going to sign it. Now, make sure that the contract is signed. Some people have lost out because they forgot to sign that. That's why you need to come up with a checklist of some sort when you go through these things to make sure that you've got everything 
double checked. Also, when you look at the signature, that signature needs to match the person that's authorized in your SAM system for award management, otherwise known as SAM registration. Whoever is listed there needs to be the person that signs these contracts. All right, let's scroll up a little bit again. Won't let me go up any further. So we're going to look at block 19. The government will identify which specific items have been awarded to you in that block. 20 is the dollar value of the, of the contract. 21 is going to be the accounting and appropriation code where the money is going to come from. I'm sorry, that's 21. 22, this is for information only. It's, the government will check that out. 23, the government will tell you where to look in the contract for the appropriate addresses. So you're going to have to submit four copies to that item. Block 24, it's going to tell you who's administering the com- the contract. And this is the office that may be different than the one that's bidding it out. So you may have a buying office that procures it and a different administrative office. It could be different sections within the same organization, or it could be totally different. One could be on the East Coast, one could be on the West Coast. Block 25, this is the office that will pay you out on the contract. Block 26 is going to have your contracting officer's name typed in here. And this is the person that you're going to reach out anytime you have any questions or anything else regarding that contract. They're going to sign in block 27 and they're going to put the date of award, the date that the government, the contract is issued on that form. All right. So the last thing that we're going to talk about or this is a standard form 30. So a standard form 30 is an actual amendment to a solicitation or modification to a contract. So when the government needs to change or modify the quantity, any specifications, the delivery, or any other part of the solicitation, or is there some part of the solicitation that is not correct, they will do so through an amendment. This form is completed by the government and sent to the prospective bidders. On an invitation for bid, if you feel that a change is required, you have to contact the buyer before the bid opening date and explain why that change is needed. If the government buyer agrees, the bid will be modified or canceled or rebid with the changes. Now, on a request for a proposal, you may able to bid the changes explaining why this is in the best interest of the government Make sure to read the solicitation carefully to see if this is allowed. And also, if you're not sure, talk to the, the POC, the, the buyer, and find out if it is authorized. Remember that you'll be asked to list any and all amendments that you have received on the bid before you send it in. If you omit an amendment, your bid will be considered non-responsive. This means that your bid can be thrown out even if you are the low bidder. Therefore, make sure to triple check the documents prior to submitting them to the government. If there is a change that will affect the bid opening, the government will extend the bid opening date, otherwise known as BOD, and send a notice to all prospective bidders. Make sure that you acknowledge this amendment in your bid. So in conclusion, remember to list all amendments on the form when sending in your proposal. Most small businesses create a checklist of items to review prior to proposal submittal. You may want to do this also. If you found this helpful, please remember to subscribe, 
rate, subscribe, like our podcast and YouTube channel. Leave a comment if you have one. And as always, until next time, be safe.